illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right half from the zone 25, goes back to throw and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! I am the man is at the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right back. Simon's in the handoff, can cuts to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, Ken into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30-yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, The Beach. How you doing, Beach? I'm kicking ass today, Billy. Right on. Sounded like you were getting your ass kicked a little bit earlier, but you know. Well, I'm, I'm trying to turn it around. I'm trying go. to turn it around. That's what I talked to about so. about Gunn when he's having a bad day. Turn it around. Yeah, turn it Pivot. around. Pivot. 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 <laughs> All right. The purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have some fun along the way. Beach. Billy. So I got to tell you, I've been trying to, uh, I, I just got an email from Apple today. I'm trying to get us listed back on iTunes. Billy, right? do or do not. There is no try. Well, I can't, I can't get us listed in the iTunes store directory. That's, I, that's something they have to do for us. So my, you know, it's, my, it's kind of ironic that Apple works out of a building that's called the infinite loop. Is it really? That is you ever funny. think about that? Isn't yeah, it? That is kind of interesting. <laughs> well, so I know on my iPod, illegal participation automatically updates for me, but I never deleted it. Mm-hmm. So the feed still updates for me. Now, you can't go subscribe to it right now because it's not listed on there. So I'm trying to get us listed. So it'll be easier for people to listen. Okay. I'll try to get us into the Google Play Store, too. I'll, I'll work on that. All right, Beej, uh, you ready to get into show number 76? Episode six. Episode three for season five. Episode three with the missing episode one that nobody will ever hear. Nobody will ever hear. You ready? <sighs> it's kind of like that we've had 
44 president. We've had we, uh, President Obama is our 44th president, but only or our 40, 44th president, but only the 43rd person to ever serve. Who who's who served who who was elected and never served? Um, no, no, one guy served in two non-consecutive terms. Um, oh, so is he considered? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's considered separate presidencies. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Who was that? Hold on here. I'm, I'm it... looking it up. That would be <clears throat> Grover Cleveland. Cleveland. Okay. The only president to ever serve non-consecutive terms. He is considered the 22nd and the 24th president of the United States. Yeah, that's interesting. Serving from 85 to 89 and 93 to 97. He was known to be honest, independent, and opposed to corruption and the spoils system. As it should be. Mm-hmm. As it should be. Yeah. All righty, Beach. Well, we've got a lot to talk about today. We've got uh, Beaver and Pac-12 news. We've got to recap week one in the Pac-12. Uh, we've got to preview week two. We have to talk about our trip out to Minnesota for mm-hmm. the uh, football game. And uh, I think we have a couple other things that will pop up. So you ready to go? Let's, let's, I, I'd like to make a point that uh, – uh, oh, no, never mind. Go on. <laughs> okay, I was getting ready for this. There's going to be something exciting, and then it was just a, such a letdown. It's like the story of my love life. Okay, moving on. All right, Beach. Uh, let's start with some uh, Beaver Sports news. First up, women's volleyball. Love women's volleyball, Billy. It is my favorite sport. Mary-Kate Marshall led Oregon State with 11 kills, and Lanisha Reagan tallied nine, but the Beavers dropped a three-match decision to top-ranked Nebraska Saturday afternoon at the Devaney Center. At the Dewey Center? The Devaney Center. Sounds like a place where you go to get uh, uh, marks moved off your body. Let's go to the Devaney Center. No, Devaney was, a, uh, <laughs> I think, a, uh, either a coach or an athletic director at Nebraska for a long time. Okay. Did you visit that when you were there last year? Uh, I saw it, but I did not go there, no. Okay. All right. All right, go on. Um, Oregon State is 3-2 and two and returns to action Friday, taking on South Dakota in the first of three matches at the University of Pacific in Stockton, California. The match starts at 2 o'clock. Cool. Hmm. We should go. Well, if we were going to be in Stockton, we could go, but we're not going to be there, so we'll have to miss it. No, we will. Uh, Saturday, we will be in Beaverton. Yes, parade duty. Yes. Last parade duty of the campaign, is it not? Yeah. Yes, this is our last uh, public showing in that format. Okay, correct. All right, Beach, next up is women's soccer. Billy, I love women's soccer. It's my favorite sport. The Oregon State women's soccer team played undefeated North Texas to a 0-0 double overtime draw on Friday night before a crowd of 578 at Lorenz Field. You know that that's the worst thing ever right there is going double overtime to a draw. I agree. That That's like the, the, the worst thing of – other than they make up the time and the points don't matter, the, the fact that they have double overtime to a draw just seems like uh, it's a contradiction. Why would you even have an overtime if you can end in a draw? Yeah, it just seems pointless. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, that was the third overtime game in four starts for the Beavs. They outshot the Mean Green 3 to nothing in the overtimes but could not break through despite playing the final 4-16 a player up after UNT defender Rachel Holden received a red card. Now, the Beavers closed their season-ending five-game homestand with a solid 2-1 to victory over Boise State on Sunday. Senior Helene Havoc scored her first goal of the season, and junior Natalie Higgins notched her second for the Beavs. 
Oregon State generally controlled the game against the Broncos. The women are now 2-1-2 and overall and take on Michigan State in East Lansing on Friday. They sure travel for soccer. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, on the way home <clears throat> uh, Sunday night from California, I rode beside uh, – uh, the, the, on the plane with us was the women's soccer team from Lewis and Clark. Okay. And they had just played, I want to say, Whittier and Chapman down in the L.A. area. Did they play to a draw? Uh, no. She said they lost. I think she said they lost both games. Because mm. uh, I had one of the girls sitting right beside me. Real nice. Cool. Yeah. But anyways. And you were supporting Oregon State, so she knew where your loyalties lied. Yep, yep, yep. And she was like, oh, beer fan. I'm like, yeah, it actually was at the game on Saturday. But we'll, we'll get more on Thursday. We'll get into that when we talk about our trip. Yep. All right. All right, Mo- Mo- Moving on. Next up uh, is men's soccer. All righty. Uh, forward Timmy Mueller notched his second career hat trick, and the Oregon State men's soccer team remained undefeated by blanking San Jose State 3 to nothing on Friday night at Lorenz Field. Then a goal by forward Don Chilo gave Oregon State a dramatic 2-1 to double overtime victory over Ohio State on Sunday before a season-high crowd of 517. Now the Beavs finished their season opening homestand 3-0-1 and will take on former number one Akron and Butler in Ohio on Friday and Sunday respectively. So that's always cool. cool. Yeah. No, that that's yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, um, Be, I'm anxious to hear our podcast next week to hear how they do on uh, on their uh, battle against Akron. Yeah, now I say former number one because they have not released the new rankings yet, hmm. but uh, they uh, Akron played UCLA over the weekend and either lost five to nothing or six to nothing. I can't remember which to the Bruins. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they kind of got the holy living but Jesus kicked out of them by the UCLA. Holy living but- yeah. Holy living bejesus. The other thing that happens. Now the other thing, uh just side note, uh Woodstocks delivered sixteen pizzas to the Ohio State soccer team after the game on Sunday. Or on Monday. So Beach, uh yesterday uh Woodstocks delivered sixteen cheese pizzas to the Ohio State soccer team. Cheese? They didn't That's even all they ordered meat. was cheese. They didn't even order pepperoni, I know. But anyways, yeah. Wow. So yeah. And last up, Beach, a little bit of football news. Okay. Just today, it tweeted out that Christian Wallace, who was a four-star recruit um, signed just in February, who'd been with the team over the summer but uh, ended up having some academic issues he needed to talk about, mm-hmm. supposedly has them cleared up and is back in Corvallis and will be with the team shortly. That's good. Yeah, so he'll use a, a defensive back that'll help strengthen up that part. So now he said he is not redshirting this year and will be in action on the field. So we'll wait and see. Hmm. Sweet. That's cool. That's according to him. Remains to see what exactly happens. But okay, nothing confirmed by the university. That's good. No, not not yet. Not yet. Um, actually, when Anderson was asked about it in practice, he hadn't even heard about it. So because he was at practice, so. Hmm. Anyways, all right, Beach. That's it for the news. Like, wait, what? Hey, is that the <clears throat> oh. is that the teletype right here?
Yep, yep, she's all warmed up and running here today, Billy. Hold on one second. Okay. Let's see what this sucker has to say. Oh, 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 a little bit more, a little bit more. There we go. All right. College, this just in. September 5th, 2016. NCAA. College football. Oregon Ducks unveil new uniforms for week two matchup. Oh, jeez. Now, other schools talk about their players, their talent, their coaching staff. And Oregon is excited about new shorts and shirts. So, so you got, anyway. Oh, you always got to love the new outfit. Got to love an outfit. Love the outfit. Is that this? Does that have a... I don't know. I don't know enough girl crap coats, you know. Is that but taffeta? Yeah. Is that corduroy? I love corduroy. <laughs> Love the way it makes me sound when I walk. <laughs> okay. I hate corduroy. I can't stand that crap. Mom always used to make us wear that when we were kids. How dare she? I still have haunting nightmares about it. Anyway, moving on. The Oregon Ducks will look to build off an impressive performance in week one. Their 53-28 to 28 win over UC Davis, which nobody really thought had a football team until Oregon played them. Uh, when they meet the Virginia Cavaliers on September 10th in Eugene, Oregon, at the Oregon State former alumni Thomas J. Otson Stadium, and they'll be flying around the field with some new threads courtesy of Nikkei. It may seem like Oregon has some new gear every week, and that they may be, and that may be the case. But this one definitely catches the eye with a bright yellow face mask overlaid on a matte black helmet. You know, if they did as much analyzing of their football plays as they did of their outfits, imagine how good they'd be. There's no telling what this means come goal time, but giving your squad a little extra swagger never hurts. Here's looking forward to what Nike trots out for Oregon next. So, um. Oregon football actually tweeted this out at 7 o'clock in the morning. So it's like it's timed. And their title was, Like a Flash of Lightning Between the Clouds, Be the Flicker. Hashtag Go Ducks. So it's like a uh, – it's got a yellow face mask. It's a black matte helmet. It's got the Oregon duck, not puddles, on the on the uh, side of the helmet. So they went away from the O. Yeah. Um, I can't quite tell. It looks like this gray, kind of like a shadow outline of their feather thing that they got going on. Yeah, I'm, on their I'm, shoulder pads. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. yeah, and then they got they got shoes with that same kind of thing kind of put on the front. Yellow socks. It's a big yellow and gray black thing going on. They kind of look like a big highlighter. Did you see their colors last week? They had blue. It blue? I swear that I saw blue around their collar. Did you did you look? No. We should uh I don't know. I thought they were uh, I thought I saw like blue. Maybe I was wrong. Yeah. Maybe I maybe I wasn't looking at the right team, but I swore there was blue around the collar of those last ones. Hold on, hold on, I'm looking at it. There is blue around the collar. You're kidding me. No. Check it out. Oregon releases uniforms for opening day against UC Davis. Okay. So they're gray. They got a little green. I don't know what the hell's right in the center of their chest above their numbers. Mm -hmm. But it's a little green something. And then their collar is blue. 
Is that like a throwback to the colors that they wanted to wear before the university made them change them? Possibly. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, do you see the blue? Yep, they do have blue in it, don't they? Yeah, and then what the hell is that thing down on the little V on the neck? Little green thing. I don't know. Looks like it's... Like win the day or something like that? Oh, oh, God. What it is it? Oh, God. So, what is Blue Beach? The collar. It's a what? The collar. What color is it? Blue. It's blue collar? Blue collar. They're trying to say they're blue collar. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It says, because I'm looking at their official tweet, Blue Collar Ethics and Innovation. Why did we not do this last week? This is retarded. Okay, and so... So I was right going, why are the hell have they got a blue collar? Yeah. I, see, I noticed that crap. I watched like two minutes of the game and I noticed that crap. And you probably watched the whole thing. You didn't see a damn thing. It looks like a hammer and a sickle. It almost looks like it's kind of like a skull in the middle with uh-huh. some like straight lines coming off the side. It almost looks like weights behind it, like crossed instead of bones, like weight, okay. like, like weight bars. Gotcha. And it says something on the news, but I can't almost, so small almost looks like it says citrus altus fortune. I don't know. I can't tell what it says. Let me see. I'll go back here in this thing. How about Sidious Altius Fortius? Oh, that could be what it is. What is it? Um, may refer to Sidious uh, Journal of Olympic Formulae. Hold on here. It has something to do with the Olympics. It's an Olympic motto. Latin for faster, higher, stronger. God. Well, they really try to bring a lot of class into something for just a freaking t-shirt. Yeah. Man, they're blue collar my ass. Blue collar. Yeah. Yeah. Innovation and dedication epitomized by a uniform. Yeah. Yep, that's what it is. Hashtag go ducks be the atmosphere. I saw that, yeah. Anyways, that's ridiculous. All right. I was doing a little oh, research okay. on Virginia. I was now, hoping they'd be. But. Now it says the uniforms are a way the Ducks are paying honor to 30-year strength and conditioning coach Jim Radcliffe. Glad Radcliffe, or Coach Rad, as the Ducks like to call him. So that's why the weights. Okay. Well, you know, actually, the, the gray that they used, I couldn't figure out what they were doing. It almost looks like just a gray T-shirt it material. Does. It looks like a like a, a gray Heather T-shirt. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like what you wear in a workout room. Yeah. So that's yeah. why. That's why. Yeah. And that's why the crossed weights and stuff. Okay. okay. All right. Whatever. Trying to make something out of nothing. Move on. <clears throat> Time to move on. Yeah. That figures. Pivot. 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 All right, Beach. Well, that was an interesting update from Eugene. I didn't even know that. Well, so, look at that. We, we I went deeper than I even thought I went. So it would go. That was, All right. That was good. So, yeah, I, we were not able to watch a lot of football this week. So, so we went went from blue collar to yellow pig shit. <laughs> All right. Okay. 
All right, moving on. All right. All right, Beach. Well, now it's time to go under further review for a week one in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown! The Beavs didn't win, Billy. I know. So um, I've got our picks from last week. Now, we'd already talked about the Hawaii-Cal game. I had picked Hawaii. Uh, Kyle, you guys have both picked Hawaii. So right now I'm one up for the week. So we've got 11 more games to talk about. Um, and uh, we will get going with this right here. First up, Beach, the games were on Thursday. First game up was Southern Utah at Utah. Do you remember who you took? Um, I think I took Utah, didn't I? Yes, you did. So did I, and so did Kyle. Troy Williams threw for 272 yards and two touchdowns as fans got their first glimpse of the revamped Utah offense, which included a new full-time starter quarterback for the first time since 2012. The Utes have new starters at every offensive skill position. Now, Williams showed why there is optimism throughout the program for the Santa Monica College transfer that originally signed with Washington as one of the top dual-threat quarterbacks in the country. He put zip on the ball on several out routes and kept his eyes downfield while scrambling. Williams also recognized a mismatch on a two-yard touchdown pass to Tim Patrick, who used a six-foot-five frame to box out six-foot corner Jermaine Dubs to take a 17-0 lead just before halftime. Now, the Utah defense smothered its FCS opponent like it was supposed to and held Southern Utah to just 158 offensive yards. Safety Marcus Williams shined with an interception, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. Cool. So we all got the point on that one. Mm-hmm. Now, Beach, the second game on Thursday night was Oregon State at Minnesota. Uh, Billy, I watched this game. <laughs> yes, we did, didn't we? <laughs> and you, I, and Kyle all took Oregon State. Minnesota overcame the loss of linebackers Cody Pook, Jonathan Celestin, and defensive end Tayon Devers for targeting to beat Oregon State 30-23 to on Thursday night. Now, Rodney Smith rushed for 125 yards and two touchdowns, the last coming in the fourth quarter to put the Gophers in front 24-23. to And the shorthanded defense held the Beavers scoreless over the final 15 minutes to hang on for a tense victory in a game they were favored to win by 13 points. Now, Oregon State quarterback Daryl Garrettson threw for 228 yards and three touchdowns for Oregon State. The junior transfer lost two fumbles on crunching sacks by Devers in the first half. But Garrettson bounced back to throw TDs to Toa Togiai, Victor Bolden, and Tim Cook. You know, we didn't look bad. No. You know, Beach, going into that game, a lot of people had the Beavers down for dead. I had a, mm-hmm. I saw where they were picked 118th out of 124 teams in Division One football. Mm-hmm. They're not. No. They're, they're much better than that. They're, they're not. They're, they're, you know, are they elite? No. But they're not a bad football team. Um, no. And I thought they came out and played well, especially with all the new starters. Uh, played well, and they're only going to get better from here. I thought our offensive line was probably our weakest point. Yeah. That's uh, what... I don't feel like we were given much time to to put on an offensive attack. No, it was, no. Um, it was under a lot of stress. A couple things I want to see. I want to see Ryan Nall put his damn head down and run and quit trying to dance through the holes. You know, he's a big, strong running back that did really well at the end of last year by hitting the hole hard, putting his shoulder down, and just going. And I thought he danced a little bit too much in the hole on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, you know. And, unfortunately, when you dance in the hole, you don't get any yards. No. At least when you put your head down and go, you can pull up two or three. Well, I think if, if even if, if 
If you, I mean, if you get lucky and break through a hole, well, you can get more than that. If you just make it to the hole and hit a standstill and fall forward, you're going to gain a yard or two every time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want to see some more push out of the offensive line, and I want to see that. Um, but, you know, all in all, I thought they played pretty well. So, now they've got a week off to uh, improve some things and get ready mm-hmm. for uh, for uh, Idaho State in two weeks. You know, I, I had a guy giving me a little bit of grief on it, and I told him one thing. I said, you know what? We are still tied for first place for the Rose Bowl. That's right. Simple as that. That's right. Minnesota's not a bad football team either. No, good team. Hey, I think the Minnesota fans were happy to walk out of that place with a win. I think they were getting a little stressed uh, oh, yeah. there for, for a few minutes. Oh, yeah. So they, they, they didn't have the cakewalk they were expecting either. No. All right, Beach. Next up were the games on Friday night. First up, Kansas State at number eight, Stanford. And I'm pretty sure we all took Stanford on this one because Stanford's a powerhouse. It's true, we did. Now, running back Christian McCaffrey scored his second touchdown on a late 41-yard run that helped lead number eight Stanford to a 26-13 victory over Kansas State on Friday night in the season opener for both teams. Stanford had just 30 yards in the second half before McCaffrey's long touchdown run following a failed onside kick by Kansas State put the game away. After a fast start led by quarterback Ryan Burns in his first career start, the Cardinals were far from a machine in the second half. With a new quarterback and three new offensive linemen, Stanford struggled to get anything going with a fumble and four punts to start the second half. Wow. But a defense that had eight sacks, one safety, and two turnovers made sure it wasn't an issue. So, wow. And that's what I was saying. A lot of people were saying Stanford. I'm like, Stanford's got a new quarterback. That's tough to do. Yeah, but their defense sure seems like it's playing well. Yeah, I agree. All right, so we all got the one there. Uh, mm-hmm. Next up, second game on Friday night was Colorado State at Colorado. We all took the Buffalo on this one, didn't we? That is true, Beach. And Colorado quarterback Cephalafau threw for 318 yards to become Colorado's all-time leading passer. And offensive lineman Alex Kelly recovered a fumble for a score as the Buffaloes rolled past Colorado State 44-7 on Friday night. Now, tailback Philip Lindsay had two TDs for Colorado, which built a 37-0 lead heading into the fourth quarter. The defense did its part, forcing four turnovers and bottling up the Rams all evening. Hmm. So, we all got the point there. All right, Beach, next up, the, games, the final games were on Saturday, September 3rd. First up was UC Davis at number 24, Oregon. And even though we weren't hoping for it, we figured Oregon was going to beat the club team of uh, UC Davis. Yeah. Cal's, uh, Cal's farm. University of California, Berkeley's farm. So uh, De- uh, Oregon quarterback Dakota Prukop threw for 271 yards and three touchdowns as the Ducks overcame both a rocky start and determined UC Davis team for a 53-28 season opening victory on Saturday. Royce Freeman rushed for 87 yards and two scores for the Ducks, who have won five straight season openers. Darren Carrington caught seven passes for 117 yards and a TD. Now, Prukop, a graduate transfer from Montana State, completed 21 of 30 passes for the Ducks while also scoring on a one-yard keeper. He follows in the footsteps of Vernon Adams, a graduate transfer out of Eastern Washington, who started for the Ducks last season but was dogged by injuries. Yeah, you're always going to blame excuse poor player 
poor player by blaming his injuries. Yep. Now, BG, <clears throat> Saturday also marked the end of Oregon's 110-game sellout streak. The announced attendance was 53,817, while capacity is listed at 54,000. Wow, that must have been a hard one to muster. Well, you know what? I, I still say that's crap because there's a couple years ago in their season opener, they played that team from Louisiana that Oregon State ended the season with. I can't remember their name. Yeah, but they're jambalaya-eating guys down there, yeah. But uh, that that game that they opened the season with, Oregon had four tickets, four hot dogs, and four, I think, Pepsis on Groupon ticket packs at half an hour before the game started. And miraculously, it was a sellout. <laughs> we'll give you free food. Just fill the stands, please. It was like, dude, get all this stuff for 100 bucks. Balloons for the kids. Yeah, what and, do you want? And I watched that game, and there was huge swaths of the stadium that were empty. And Well, double the cheese sauce on the nachos. Just get your ass in the seat. Pretty much. But uh, So it ended. I think they finally just said we can't keep living a lie. Of course, the ducks and everything's possible. Um, but it doesn't matter. They're not going to catch Nebraska, who's at 348 sellout streak. And those are truly sellouts. Yeah. Truly sellouts. All right, Beach. Yeah. Next up on the agenda was number 20. Maybe, maybe it's not a lie. Maybe they just got a concussion and they just can't remember. Probably. Number 20, USC at number one, Alabama. Oh, dang. I honestly did. I can't remember who I took on this one. I'm sorry. That's this okay. was a tough. This you and I this took. A, you and I took Alabama. Kyle took USC. Alabama freshman quarterback Jalen Hurts threw two touchdown Paris passes to Adarius Stewart and ran for two more scores in a 52 to six victory over number 20 Southern Cal on Saturday night. Now Stewart was wide open in the end zone behind the secondary when Hurts hit him for a 39 yard score midway through the second quarter that made it seven to three and put Alabama ahead to stay. They hooked up on a 71-yard touchdown right after halftime for a 24-3 lead, and Hertz later had TD runs of seven and six yards. Fifty-two to six. Fifty-two to six. Kind of crazy. Okay, huh? so who's ever making these rankings blew that one all to hell, and if that's what the national championship starts off with, much like our political system, the freaking thing is rigged. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That is unreal. I mean, that makes you wonder what USC is going to be like the rest of the season. I mean, when you started out the season getting your ass handed to you like that. Yeah. Well, they've still got good. They've got good athletes. It's early, but still, hmm. that's a beatdown of epic proportions. It, it is. I mean, you know, you're you're thinking number one to twenty. I mean, even if you're in the top twenty-five, you should put up a, a a pretty good fight. They didn't even score a touchdown. Nope, two field goals. Now, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you saw the speech, but after the game, Lane Kiffin, who's the offensive coordinator at Alabama, and mm -hmm. was the head coach at USC before before being unceremoniously fired, on his Twitter sent out a picture of his son holding the game ball mm -hmm. and said, you know, game ball. And then the hashtag was LAX 3.14 a.m. Because he was fired on the tarmac at LAX at 3.14 in the morning when they got back from a uh, away game. 
Wow. I thought that was funny. I thought it was funny. Also this week, Beach, I don't know if you saw, but Alabama hired one-time USC coach Steve Sarkeesian. Really? Yeah, to come in and help with the program. Interesting, huh? Yeah. And, you know, Kiffin and Sarkeesian were the ones that uh, really helped build USC into a powerhouse in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. So now they're both at U- now they're both at Alabama. Why was uh, Kiffin fired? Kiffin was fired because they just weren't very good. Okay. And they got the, they went on a road trip, got their ass beat by Arizona State in Tempe. They landed. He got off the plane. The then athletic director Pat Hayden grabbed Kiffin, walked him off to the side, and said, "Yeah, by the way, you're done." Did it on the tarmac at the wow. airport. Yeah. Classy. Yep. Why don't you not ride home with the team? They'll get on the buses and go back to the thing. Why don't you just get your own way home? That's why when he did that, I thought it was funny. There's, yeah. There's, there's, you know, people say, well, that's classless. No, what USC did was classless. What Kiffin did was kind of yeah. funny. And paybacks are a bitch. Yep. All right, Beach. So uh, you and I got the points there. No points for Kyle. Next up was Rutgers at number 14, Washington. Um, I think I took. Well, I'm I'm positive I took Washington on this one. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a Beaver fan, but I I really think a lot of Washington this year. I do too. So and actually, all three of us took Washington. Wide receiver John Ross caught two touchdown passes and returned a kickoff for another score. Jake Browning threw for 287 yards, and number 14 Washington looked every bit a top 25 team with a 48 to 13 route of Rutgers on Saturday. Now Browning threw for 277 yards and all three scores in the first half as the Huskies built a 34-3 lead. Brownlee should have thrown four TDs in the half, but Daryl Daniels dropped the pass in the end zone late in the second quarter. Now, Brownlee's offseason goal was to be better on deep throws. He certainly was good to start the season, hitting Chico McClatcher on a 43-yard touchdown pass on his second pass of the season, followed by TD throws of 38 and 58 yards, excuse me, 38 and 50 yards to Ross as the Huskies burned Rutgers' decision to play man coverage on the outside. I think we need to start calling uh, Chico McClatcher Chico and the Man. There you go. Chico and the Man. Chico and the Man. Name Chico. Okay. Next up, Beach. You, number 16, UCLA at Texas A&M. <sighs> did I take Texas A&M on this one? No, Beach. You took UCLA. Actually, all three okay. of us did. Okay. Texas A&M quarterback Trevor Knight threw for 239 yards and a touchdown and ran for two more scores, including the one in overtime to lead Texas A&M past UCLA. Now, uh, UCLA quarterback Drew Rosen threw three interceptions while working under heavy pressure from a defense led by Miles Garrett. The Aggies looked to have this one wrapped up when they led by 15 in the fourth quarter after using two third-quarter touchdowns. But UCLA's offense finally got going after that, scoring twice in two minutes, with the second one coming on a 62-yard pass by Rosen to cut it to two. A two-point conversion after that TD tied it with 239 remaining. Now, Texas A&M sealed the victory when Justin Evans knocked down Joss Rosen's pass at the goal line on fourth down of the second overtime. Wow. Mm-hmm. Frickin'. You know, you know I was going to say Chosen Rosen wasn't so chosen, but to score those two uh, scores... And uh, and with uh, what in two minutes, mm-hmm. that that you know that just remind. I, I we were talking to somebody the other day. It's like Joey Harrington, you know, 
Down by 28 points. Three and a half minutes to go. Son of a bitch, the Ducks are going to win this I one. <laughs> I mean, it's like... <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. We, uh, ne- yeah. Next game to talk about. We've got a lot of games here to power through. Next one okay, up. Okay, Eastern Washington at Washington State. And I believe we all took Wazoo on this one. We did. Now, Washington State, which lost to FCS team Portland State in the opening game of last year, could not stop the Eastern Washington offense, which produced 606 yards. Wow. In the first half, the teams combined to score touchdowns on seven consecutive possessions. The streak started when Luke Falk threw a 53-yard touchdown pass to Marks, on, and the Cougars led 7-0 midway through the first quarter. Eastern Washington replied with a 14-yard touchdown pass to Antoine Custer Jr. to tie the game at 7. Washington State came right back with a 58-yard drive, capped by Falk's 27-yard scoring pass to Kyle Sweet for a 14-7 lead. Gerald Wicks caught a 9-yard touchdown pass from Falk with 4.42 left in the game for Washington State's first points of the second half, causing Eastern Washington's lead to 38-35. But Eastern Washington marched down the field, scoring on a 30-yard bootleg with 139 left for a 45-35 lead. Now, Wicks scored on a three-yard touchdown run for Washington State with 14 seconds left. The onside kick attempt was recovered by the Eagles. Now, Coach Mike Leach, Mike Leach has lost all five of his season openers at Washington State. <laughs> he just needs to, to start it off, you know, from here on out having low expectations. I guess. And, I, you know, I, I don't like Leach. <laughs> no, no, I know you don't. <laughs> Couldn't happen to can't. a better guy. He can't. He can't beat a. Yeah, I mean, we we've lost a couple of bad games too, but first game two years in a row <clears throat> by a club sport. Okay, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay, thought we might have had a solar flare. The the lights beamed up out my back window and stuff. So, okay, okay, all right. What's next, Billy? Next up, BYU at Arizona. Ooh. I think I took Zona. Yeah, you did. Kyle and I both took BYU. Now, BYU... And and I made a mistake. Yes, you did. So Kalani Sataki faced a difficult decision in his debut as BYU's coach. He could send out Rhett Allman to attempt a game-winning kick despite the sophomore missing a field goal and an extra point earlier in the game or turn to freshman Jake Oldroyd. Sataki went with the freshman with an assist to special teams coach Ed Lamb, and it worked out perfectly for the Cougars. Oldroyd kicked a 33-yard field goal with four seconds left, and Jamal Williams ran for 162 yards, helping BYU to rally to beat Arizona 18-16 on Saturday night. Now, Arizona's Nick Wilson scored on a 49-yard run with 126 left, and the Wildcats failed on the two-point conversion, giving the Cougars a final chance at University of Phoenix Stadium. Arizona went through a difficult fall camp trying to focus on football after offensive lineman Zach Hemela was found dead in his apartment on August 8th. Arizona coach Rich Rodriguez joined Hemela's family with athletic director Greg Byrne and offensive line coach Jim Milchazik for a pregame ceremony that included a highlight video. Wow. Yeah. So Kyle and I got the points on that one. You did not, Beach. And Suck. It's okay. And the final game was Northern Arizona at Arizona State. Remember who you got? Oh, 
Uh, took Arizona State on this one. Actually, all three of us did. New Arizona State quarterback Manny Wilkins passed for 180 yards, ran for 89 and a touchdown, and even hurdled a would-be tackler in his first college start, and the Sun Devils pulled away for a 44-13 victory over FCS foe Northern Arizona on Saturday night. Now, Arizona led just 10-6 before scoring on its final seven possessions, including 24 points in the fourth quarter. Actually, I had the game here on replay mm-hmm. uh, as we've been recording, and Arizona State didn't look that good until late in the game. They just kind of everything went wrong for Northern Arizona. Mm. So, all right, Beach. So at the end of week one, it looks like you and Kyle are tied with seven out of eight, and I've got nine out of eight. Yes. Yes, I'm in first place with nine out of, or excuse me, you're in second. You're you guys are tied with seven out of twelve, and I've got nine out of twelve. Kyle, we suck. <laughs> I hate you, Kyle. All right, Beach. Now it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week: the Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship leadership, or just being a fan. And this one, Beach, really isn't to any of those categories. It's just a situation that's crappy. So, Beach, on Saturday, the Nebraska Cornhuskers honored punter Sam Fultz. Now, Fultz, who would have been a senior at Nebraska this fall, died in a car crash in Wisconsin in July, along with Oregon, excuse me, former Michigan State punter Mike Sadler. Now, they had been working at a youth football camp and were driving home and uh, hit some really bad weather. The car crashed, and both of the players died. Now, before the game, Fultz's parents, who were at the game, both presented a scholarship in his name, and two of his nephews helped lead the team out before Saturday's game against Fresno State. And both teams wore stickers on their helmets in honor of Fultz. Now, Fultz is a Nebraska kid who is beloved by the entire state of Nebraska. And he was a pretty good punter. Now, during the game, Beach, the first time Nebraska's offense faced fourth down, head coach Mike Riley only sent out 10 players with no punter and let the play clock run down to zero. Um, Kind of what you would call a missing man formation. Yeah. Just to say that they weren't forgetting their their fallen comrade. Now, Fresno State, who understood the situation, declined the penalty. It was a beautiful and touching tribute for a player that was beloved by his teammates, coaching staff, and the entire community. Except for the people who took the opportunity to burglarize Fultz's brother's house while they were at the game. You're kidding me. Nope. Greeley County Sheriff David Weeks said the burglary happened sometime after the Fultz family left home around noon to attend Saturday's game in Lincoln and before they turn, returned around 3 a.m. Sunday morning. The thieves took items worth roughly $1,400, including a television and tools from Jordan Fultz's home and vehicle in Greeley, Nebraska area that afternoon. What pieces of garbage. Yeah, how, how more... What, 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 it makes you wonder, were they just stupid, or were they... You know, to, to just burglarize that person's house, or did they know they were going to be gone at this event and figured, well, oh, a great opportunity? Well, Beach, that is a town, Greeley, Nebraska, is a town of less than 500 people. 
Wow. So I can't imagine they didn't take that opportunity. And how morally bankrupt are you to go out and pull this kind of crap? For $1,400 worth of crap. Yeah. You know, and I guess I look at it, Beej. There's only 500 people that live in that town, less than 500 people. Somebody knows something. Yeah, it ain't gonna. It is. It's not gonna. It's not gonna go. It's not gonna take very long for somebody to figure out what the hell happened. No, and that's just. I mean, it's. It's not even enough to give them the Jackass of the Week award. It's. It's just. It's just. It's pathetic. Mm-hmm. It's pathetic. I hate thieves. I hate thieving bastards. And this is just disgusting. So to the a-holes that did this, you get this week's Jackass of the Week award. Anyways, Beach, yeah, it's just, it's it's wretched. People suck. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's time to move on to our musical interlude of the week. And, Beach, this week it is your pick. So, uh, so, so, Billy, you know the stress I've been going over for this thing over the last week, trying to figure out a song that, it's fun to listen to on a podcast that kind of exemplifies a, an idea or, or belief, whether it be passion for football, passion for whatever you have, right? Yes. And so sitting here looking at my, my iTunes playlist to see what had a lot of plays on it, I came to a great song. Okay. Now, this song was released on April 15th, 1997. It was actually recorded in 1996. Um, it was voted the best single of the year in the Village Voice Paz and Jop Critics Poll, while also topping critics polls from such media as Rolling Stone, Spin, and VH1, and was ranked as number 20 on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of the 90s, as well as number 98 on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of the Past 25 Years. That's a lot of awards. Yes. The album version of the song was featured on the 1998 compilation album, Now That's What I Call Music. And now you're saying to yourself, what possibly, what could this song possibly be, right? Yeah, what is it? It was written by four, or I'm sorry, three gentlemen. These aren't only just gentlemen, they're brothers. Isaac, Taylor, and Zach. Oh, the God. The Hanson brothers. And it's Mbop. Okay, Beach. Before I play the song, which version do you want me to play? The, like, the straight up version, like, or do you want the, would, the the slightly remixed version by the Dutch bro, the Dust Brothers, which five I find a little bit better. Really? Yeah. Because they're just showing the 428 album version versus the 401 single version. I'll play the Dust. I'll play the Dust Brothers version. Okay, they're so, the producers anyway. Yep. So here we go. Mbop by Hanson.
See, Beach, I'm one that I love that song when it came out. I still like it. I'm not one of those people that turns my back on pop music. Pop music is what it is. I enjoy it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great song. I still love it. The boys love it. It's just fun. You know, I, I go cruising down the road, 65 miles an hour. Hanson comes on. My butt shakes. I can't help it. That's what no. it does. Your butt shakes. That just sounds... My butt, uh... my butt, my butt shakes. Doesn't your butt ever shake? I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I got to shake my butt every once in a while. I will admit it. I will admit it. So, all right, Beach, that was a good pick. So next week will be my pick. I wonder what I will pick. We won't know. We won't know. All right, Beach, it is time to preview week number two in the Pac-12. So this week we only have 10 games to look at instead of 12 because Oregon State, our beloved Beavers, and Stanford both have the week off. Okay. So we got 10 games. So we'll start up here. I'll, I'll read what Kyle has to say first. He emailed me. He says, what? No beavers? Ugh. Is life even worth living? And he's got ends with the question mark and the exclamation point. And he said the question mark explanation combo is called an interrobang, which is an awesome word. I think I'm saying that right. Interrobang. I-N-T-E-R-O-B-A-N-G. Is he making up crap now? I don't. It's Kyle. He might be. Okay. All right, so first up, Beach, is Utah State at Utah. Who do you got? I'm going Utah. Okay. Because well, well, you got Utah State at USC. I'm sorry, it's supposed to be Utah. Yes, I'm sorry, Utah State at USC. I'm sorry, I read it wrong. Oh, you, you know, you you, you got to cut down on the crack, Billy. Yeah, I know. Crack is whack. Um. Uh, Utah State at USC. I don't know, <laughs> but let's, I think I'll stay. I'll, I'll. I think USC can pull out a win against Utah State. Okay, so you're Especially taking USC. Yeah. Yep. At home. Okay. Um, Kyle says Utah State versus USC without a wet bar. USC coaches adequately come up with a game plan to redeem themselves. <laughs> no more drinking. No more hookers and no more blow inside the stadium. Gotta have rules. Gotta if we have don't rules. have rules, we have chaos. We have anarchy. anarchy. Can't have that. Okay, I too am taking USC. All right, Beach, next up, Idaho at number eight, Washington. What's Kyle's commentary? Just, I was waiting for Kyle's commentary. Okay, Kyle says, Washington wins, beat a bunch of potato eaters, and everyone is like, man, them Huskies are looking real good, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Oh, I. <laughs> I don't think Kyle's too impressed with 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 UW. Oh, yeah, that's um, the um, that, that's what I do. People all the time. They're like, go. I'm like, all I'm hearing is blah 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 blah. Brian, do this. Blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> uh, but I'm thinking Huskies will win this one. All right, I too am taking UW. Next up, Idaho State, future Beaver opponent, at Colorado, future Beaver opponent. Kyle? Kyle says, Buffs beat a bunch of potato eaters, and everyone is like, man, them Buffs are looking pretty good, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm getting to think that Kyle didn't even try on this. I just don't uh, think I don't think he likes uh, anyone from the state of Idaho. Wow, he's a racist son of a gun, isn't he? <laughs> um, 
hating all those <laughs> white Aryans over there. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's go. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Buffaloes on this one, too. Okay. I'm sticking with Kyle. Okay. I, too, am taking Colorado. Next up, BYU at Utah. Now, this, this is an interesting game. Yes, it is. This is like the Mormons versus I couldn't make it into BYU group. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, hmm, I think, the, I think the Utah Utes are a little bitter because they didn't get accepted by BYU. So I'm picking the Utes. You're they taking, got passion. You're taking Utah. Yeah. Kyle says Jello Bowl. Not because their bellies are full of it, but because both teams look shaky. Sataki beats his old boss. BYU wins. The reason why they look shaky is because they were listening to Mbop. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to go with BYU also. Really? I'm standing yep. alone by Utah, huh? Yep. This is where I make my big grab for points right there. Okay. That's my swing. All right. All right. Next up, UNLV versus UCLA. Oh, it's like an acronym bowl. Yeah. Um, alphabet soup. Yep. Uh, I prefer SpaghettiOs. Um, hmm. Uh, let's let's go with the uh, let's go with the uh, UCLA. Okay, I too am taking UCLA. Kyle says UCLA win. Uh, was that UCLA W I N? Yeah, Y O U versus UCLA U meaning. Mm-hmm. Us, C as in sight, L-A, win. Mm-hmm. So he's taking UCLA. All right, Beach, next up, Texas Tech at Arizona State. Um, Arizona State. Okay, you're taking Arizona State. Kyle says, Red Raiders get burned by the Sun Devils. ASU wins. I'm going to take Texas Tech. You would. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, ooh, future Oregon State opponent, Washington State, at future Oregon State opponent, Boise State. Wow, this is a tough one with the way that Wazoo turned out so far this year. And Boise State... I'm assuming they have a good team again this year because they always seem to have a fairly good team. Um, I'm taking Boise State. Uh, X gets a square. Okay. Kyle. I think I think, I think Boise State's uh, got it, right. uh, especially at home. All right. Kyle says, Wazoo beat a bunch of potato eaters, and everyone is like, man, them Cougars are looking good, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. Um I am going to take Wazoo. 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 All right. So we've got three more games left. Up next, Cal at San Diego State. Cal. Cal. Beach says Cal. Kyle says, it's almost like Australia, except the toilets flow backward. Cal wins. I, too, am going to take. I am completely lost on that one. You know, I don't know. I think he meant the toilet goes, the water goes down the toilet bowl. Because they played in Cal the first game of the season. Cal did. Okay. I don't know. Anyways, I'm going to take Cal also. Up next, Virginia at 
Number 24, with the cool new uniforms, Oregon. Without the blue collar. Yeah, no blue collar on this one. <laughs> I got no. <laughs> See, we're, we're blue collar people. See the blue collar? <laughs> oh, golly. see the millions of dollars that uh anyway okay um sorry uh virginia at oregon i was doing some reading on virginia yeah they kind of (laughs) suck so i'm gonna take oregon for the win oregon i too am taking oregon kyle says may i be so cavalier to say oregon wins my a lot i think you typed that wrong my a lot, maybe buy a lot. He's got Oregon. All right. And did you see, just side note, Beach, did you see uh, when Virginia came out for the first game, they have a, a Cavalier that rides on horseback that rides out before the team? He fell off the horse? No. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Okay, Beach, last game of the week for the Pac-12, Grambling State at Arizona. Oh, I'm going to take Arizona on this one, Billy. I, too, am taking Arizona. Kyle says, quick, what town is Grambling State from? Arizona wins. Do you know what town Grambling State is from? No clue. You don't know? I don't think so. I'm not that bright, though. You don't know? All I... You can't know. No, no Googling. No, you're Googling. I can hear you clicking. I can hear you clicking. I can hear you clicking. Wow. What? They're in Tucson. They're not in Tucson. Oh, no, that's where they're playing. Oh, uh, Louisiana. Well, yeah, but do you know what town of Louisiana? Grambling. (laughs) You're an idiot. Do you know know what their mascot is? The Tigers. It's the Grambling Tigers. Oh, jeez. You're an idiot. All right, Beach. Do you know how many people are enrolled there? Uh, not as many as Oregon State. Three guys Four. who haven't been in my kitchen. <laughs> uh, 4,994 people. And you know how many You know how many people get declined? How many? 45%. Really? Are declined. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Their acceptance rate is 55%. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. They always have a great band. Do they? Oh, their band is awesome, yeah. Uh, is historically black public coeducational university located in Grambly, Louisiana? Yep. Notice how I don't say all black because that would be illegal, but it's historically black. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Beach. So now it is time. I figured we would talk about, since the Beavs don't play this week, um, that we would talk about our trip to Minnesota. Let's talk about this. Yeah, so uh, we flew out Wednesday morning, early, got into Minneapolis eh, a little after 1 o'clock, slightly before 2, and uh, got a rental car and headed straight for the Mall of America. Home of the Nickelodeon universe. Yes, because we are not only Beaver fans, we are also theme park and roller coaster fans. So we've both known that... There was a theme park at the Mall of America, and we'd both never been there, so we wanted to check it out. Yep. What surprised you about it? 
the fact that the mall surrounds the theme park. Yeah. In, in, in my mind, I was picturing like, you know, down in Vegas, like where you have uh, Circus Circus, where they have like the big enclosed theme, theme park next the, to the resort. The Adventure and, Dome. Yeah. And I just kind of assumed that that's what this was, that it was a fully enclosed theme park attached to the Mall of America. I didn't expect it to be in in engulfed by the mall of america yeah so i first of all i thought the mall of america was going to be bigger and i don't mean like number of stores i mean like a bigger footprint yeah because it's really just kind of a great big giant box mm-hmm. and the three, th- stories tall. three stories tall so it's it's a ton of stores but the theme park's built in the middle it's almost like an atrium in the middle of the thing and the mall is built around it and you can enter on all four sides. Yeah, I figured it was going to be like at one end of the mall or something. That's exactly what I thought, too. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of maps of it online, which was surprising. I was trying to look, and and they don't really have a lot of discussions over how it's laid out. Yeah. yeah. So. But uh, theme park was really cool. Nook Universe was pretty cool. A couple good little uh, roller coasters in there. Yeah, that was little SpongeBob SquarePants one. That's a direct vertical lift. Has a hell of a drop. A hell of a drop, but fun. Uh, we bought the unlimited wristbands, and God, we went on everything numerous times. And, and the best part was when we were waiting for one of the roller coasters, and and a, um, a couple of Beaver fans that were in front of us in line. You know, we 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 say hey because you know you're all Beavers there, and and uh, we were wearing are... we were wearing Beaver gear. They were wearing Beaver gear. Yeah, and then. Uh, he looks at us, we introduce ourselves, and he looks at us and he goes, you guys are the ones that have that big tailgater on, on Western there, aren't you? And we were like, yeah, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. We got a hell of a reputation. Yeah. And a good one for that. There you go. Yeah. But uh, so got done there, uh, went, went and ate at uh, Shake Shack. Yeah, we, we were didn't know we were going to eat, but it looked like it just opened in the mall. Yeah. And... We had ourselves. Uh, what was your? My, I think mine was like eighteen bucks for lunch. Yeah, my my, my no no it wasn't cheap. Good, but yeah, it was yeah. like eighteen bucks. Burger wasn't but, huge, but good burger. And the caramel salted caramel milkshake was pretty good. That was pretty damn good. And the cheese bacon cheese fries were pretty tasty. Yeah. And then um, after we were done in the mall, we were walking out, and I kind of offhandedly said we should go to Paisley Park. And for those that don't know, Paisley Park was the name of Prince's studio slash home and so beach said well how far away is it so i don't know so i grabbed my phone mapped it out i'm like about 25 minutes away so beach said let's go yeah so we did (laughs) so we drove over to paisley park and it's kind of weird it's one it's not a huge you know it's not like a huge estate it's a it looks like an office building quite frankly not a lot of windows big parking lot out front and uh, like a receiving dock for a big league, for a big truck in the back, and I, I think it's because there's a, a pretty large recording studio and a large uh, venue, performance venue in the place and a residence. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's other people there. There's a lot of flowers and messages and notes kind of attached to the fence that surrounded it. Uh, but we went out there, took a couple pictures, looked, and heard later that they're gonna actually be starting tours of the of Paisley Park. In the next couple months, the same company that does tours of Graceland is going to be doing the ones there. So Pretty cool. Yeah, it was actually kind of neat. So got back, went, uh, saw our friends that we were going to hang out with the next day, 
Actually, that night, later that night, we went to uh, White Castle for the first time ever. That was an interesting little adventure in itself. For many reasons. One, we'd never been there. What did you think of the food, Beach? And we'll probably, I'll never be back. Yeah, I just, I don't need to go back. I always wanted to try it. We didn't know what to try, so we just kind of bought a combo meal. It came with 10 sliders, 20 of these chicken rings, some fries, and we bought a couple sodas. Wait, probably about half of what we had. Yeah. But then yeah. we were done. We're like, okay, I don't need any more. The burgers were meh. The, the fries were meh. The chicken rings were unique, but meh. Meh. Yeah, just pressed chicken. So yeah. there was a couple guys waiting there. I said, hey, I'll offer it to these guys. They said no. They were just waiting on a ride, but thank you. So we took off, and I saw this homeless guy walking across the street as we came up. <laughs> she quit laughing. Yeah. As we came up to the a light. The road to hell, Billy. The road to hell. Exactly. And so I kind of looked at Beads. I'm like, dude, why don't I give him this food since I was just throwing it away? Beads like, okay. So I opened up the window and go, hey, bud, you know, you want the rest of this food? We're not going to eat it. So he comes over, and he's like, yeah. And as he's walking up, I see that this dude is really dirty. Like, super dirty. And he's got all this snot and stuff hanging out of his nose, down in his mustache and beard. And, I mean, he was just filthy, gross, nasty. And as he's walking up, I start to hand him food, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, just take this food and leave. And he says, he says, thank you, and a big glob of snot lands on my arm. <laughs> the homeless man snotted on me. So the, the, and I'm just the, thinking... The, Oh, God, I'm going to get something. So then what did he ask, Beach? He says, you got a cigarette? And I was like, no. You got, a, got any weed? And again, I said, no. And at that point, at that point I'm just trying to, window, roll up the I'm trying to roll up the window, grab the napkins that were sitting there, and just get the hell out. But the light's still red. He walks around the other side of the vehicle where he sees you. The beach is like, thank God your window is still up. And he gives you, like, a big number one. First he gives me a number one. And then he gives me the peace sign. And you kind of nod. Number two. And I'm like, all right. And then he gives me a number three. And Beach is kind of going, I don't know what that means. And then he gives me a number four. So (laughs) I don't know what that means. And at that point, I said, screw it. We're leaving. I don't care if it was a red light. And we took off. Because I had homeless man snot on my arm. I just wanted to get back to the room and shower. Oh, but but we stayed in a hotel literally right across the street from the stadium. Which is awesome because yeah, we great. walked for the tailgate and walked to the game. Yeah. Um, then uh, Saturday morning, uh, we went to Matt's Bar there in Minneapolis, home of the Juicy Lucy. Yes. And what would you think of that, Beach? Dude, I freaking hot lava ass cheese. Yeah, exactly. But it so, was good. So there were six of us. We walked in there right after it opened at 11, grabbed a couple tables, pushed them together, and we sat down. Waitress came up, and she goes, you guys all here for Juicy Lucy's? And we're like, well, yeah. She goes, okay, do you want onions, grilled, raw, or no? And so one guy ordered no, because I think somebody ordered raw. I'm like, grilled. You surprised me, said grilled onions. Yeah, I thought I needed a little something, something yeah. there. Yeah. And she said, okay. And she kind of looked at us, and she goes, two orders of fries? And we're like, okay. <laughs> she was just going to tell us what we needed. And then she also said, you know, and then she got drink orders. You and I ordered sodas. Uh-huh. She brought out the pitcher of beer for part of the table. She brought out our sodas, Beach, and what were they? They were in cans. Cans of soda. 
And I don't do well with cans. I sucked that one down. I did a lot of sacrifice in this, this, this go around. Exactly. I always find it funny when they give you a can because they don't uh, have a soda machine. Mm-hmm. I always find that a little interesting. A little interesting. But anyways, uh, and then the burgers came out. And the big thing is the burgers came out. Fries come out in like, you know, a plastic basket with just a sheet of wax paper underneath it. The fries in there. Really good fries. Crinkle cut fries. And the burgers came out just wrapped in 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 sandwich wrap. No mm-hmm. no plates, no knives, no forks, no no kind of food boat, no no nothing. Just wrapped in the piper. And there's, so she there's there's a poster on the wall though. Yeah. Uh-huh. Frame thing on the wall that says we don't have silverware or plates because we blew the budget on napkins. And which means you're gonna need a lot of napkins. So she comes up, she hands our burgers out to each of us, and she says, okay, now, you need to wait a couple minutes and let them cool down before you take a bite because cheese, the cheese in the middle is really hot. So those who don't know, a Juicy Lucy is a sti- cheese-stuffed burger. So it's almost like they take two baddies, put cheese in the middle, seal it together, and cook it up like that. So she sets them down. But, well, but, but the weird, what the weird thing is, it's not like it's just melted. Well, hold on, American so, cheese. So, so it's like this hot lava. So, so yeah, so the, we're all sitting there waiting. We kind of unwrap our burgers, and it's kind of wrapped on half of it, and then the whole thing's wrapped. So you take the outer wrap off. It's still half wrapped, and I'm kind of look at it. And finally, I'm like, screw it. I'm taking a bite after about waiting a minute. So I bite in this thing. Not long enough. Not Holy long enough. smokes! That cheese comes erupting out. It's like cheese volcano out of the middle of this burger. Mm-hmm. But holy smokes, was it delicious. Had the grilled onions on there and pickles, and that was it. And it was delicious. Yeah, they had, it was. They had, they had ketchup and mustard on the table if you needed it. But holy smokes, that was a phenomenal freaking burger. I just don't understand how the cheese could become that liquefied. It's crazy. It was crazy. Oh, nuts. Yeah. It was, but it was delicious. Yes. So I talked to the cook a little bit on the way out, asked him, like, you know, what kind of beef he was using, what kind of cheese. So hopefully got some ideas for next year when we try to replicate the Juicy Lucy when Minnesota comes to Corvallis. Right? I don't know. We better bring uh, ice packs and uh, and, uh, and gauze and, and exactly. band-aid. Yeah. Okay, Beach. Uh, then, My thumb is still healing. Then after that, uh, we did tailgate before the game with our friends. Um, Best thing back of a Subaru tailgate I've ever been to. Exactly, exactly. They were doing. They had some beer brats going, and we had some other food. A lot of fun. Minnesota fans were really nice. Yeah. Thought they were great. Nice. Yeah. Uh, went into the game. Now the stadium. Stadium was really nice. That stadium only opened in 2009. Yeah. Uh, beautiful but, stadium. Oh, beautiful. Great, great sight lines too. I felt even our seats. I thought we had great location. Yeah, seats just a little under 51,000 horseshoe style stadium. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is designed to expand up to eighty thousand. Now it's kind of funny when I hear that because you know that's a, that's bigger than Oregon State Stadium, but between the Twin Cities, there's what almost a million people. Beach, have we um, figured. I think it was over a million. Wasn't yeah. it eight hundred thousand in one and six hundred thousand in the other? Something like that. Which is funny that they can't fill that stadium. I mean, it was pretty full, but not completely. No, and, and you got that much population that close. And yeah. you think of how much Eugene and, and Corvallis can fill up, and people have to travel at least, you know, from majority populous area of Portland, an hour and a, an hour and three quarters, or, or what is it, two and a half to Hudson? Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> now, um, I thought the stadium was amazing. 
Um, it's TCF Bank Stadium. But uh, I, I just, I, I said, I thought the stadium was beautiful. I thought the food choices were eh underneath. I didn't go get a lot, but they did have one thing that was kind of cool, an unlimited popcorn bag. So you buy the popcorn and it's unlimited refills through the, through the game. Yeah, that, that was, was crazy. That was kind of neat. Um, and they did have cheese, fried cheese curds on the on the uh, on the menu down there, which were extremely popular. There was yeah. a line for the cheese curd. Uh, there was a wagon out front. Yeah. And even after the game was over, there was still a line half about uh, three times longer than the trailer. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, the other thing I thought was funny is. Uh, uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, that they sold beer in cans in the stadium. Mm-hmm. I thought that was weird. They sell beer in cans, and we can't keep our lids on our sodas in Washington. Yeah, in Washington, you can't have a lid on your soda, but uh, there you get a can. You can bring your own lid in and use your own lid, but they won't let you keep the lid that you purchased on your soda. Yeah. But uh, great stadium, um, great uh, great replay board. I, I thought it was a pretty nice digs. I really liked it. Yeah, no, that that TV screen was huge. The weather yeah. held out. Yeah, weather Beautiful was good. Weather the whole time, and the mosquitoes weren't near as bad as everybody made it sound like it was going to be. No, no, it's a great time up there. Wish the Beavs would have won, but I still thought they played a pretty damn good football game. Totally. Now, um, after the game, the next morning we got early, flew down to Anaheim, went down to the John Wayne Airport in in Orange County, and uh, we went to Knott's Berry Farm that day. Actually, Mm -hmm. landed, had more burgers. So we had Shake Shack on Wednesday, Matt's on Thursday. Well, you forgot forgot, uh, White Castle. Oh, yeah. Shake Shack and White Castle on Wednesday, Matt's on Thursday, landed in California, checked into our hotel over by Disneyland, went over, ate it in and out. Yeah. And, And as much as that $18 lunch was for you, at Shake Shack, Shake Shack, we got both of our lunches for $16 at In-N-Out, <laughs> and it was damn good. It was darn good. So, went to Knott's Berry Farm, rode the re- recently retracked Ghost Rider, their big wooden roller coaster that sits out front, Beach, and what did you think? Put the fear of God in me like the first time I rode it. Oh, man, it's great. Took out a lot of the uh, bumpiness that's associated with wooden roller coasters. Still had a little bit of that, yeah, but nothing but like faster. And they took out the second brake run, and it is relentless. Oh, my God. It it's amazing. It never lets up. And what did we do that sucker, three or four times? Oh, I think so. And then we yeah. did uh, Accelerator twice. Did we do Accelerator twice? Yeah, we did Accelerator once? at least twice. No, we did it twice. Yeah. We, we did everything multiple times. Yeah, Extreme Scream, uh, Supreme Scream once. Ro- uh, log, ride log Ride three or four times. Yeah. Yeah. But the park wasn't very busy, and we did a ton of stuff. Montezuma's once. They, yeah. We even rode the train. Yeah, we rode the train, went to uh, the Mystery Lodge. That was cool. Yeah. Anyways, had a great time. And the reason why we went down to California is because my lovely wife was going to be in the Disneyland Half Marathon on Sunday, and she didn't know we flew down there. So, so we. we were conspiring with her friend who was picking her up at the airport to bring her to Mrs. Knott's Chicken Dinner. Mm-hmm. And uh, under your idea... We got seated at a table, and we let the girls at the uh, seating desk know what she looked like, and when they came in, to come seat her back at our table. So when she walked in, we I said, you know, let's both hold our, our uh, menus up in front of our faces, and I could kind of peer around. I could see them walking in, and just as they got up to our table, we both dropped our menus, and there we were. Mm-hmm. And for only the second time in her life, that woman was kind of speechless. 
Pretty much. Pretty much, yep. So surprised her. Uh, had a good dinner there at uh, Mrs. Knott's Chicken Dinners. Saturday got up, went into California Adventure. You had to leave Saturday evening. But Sunday I was there to cheer her on in the half marathon, which she did a great job. And then I flew back Sunday night with the um, Lewis and Clark women's soccer team. So great, great weekend. Another one of our uh, trying to cram five pounds of crap into a three-pound bag, which we tend to do, but it was a lot of fun. We're successful at that. Yeah, we're we're pretty good at that. So, anyways, that was great. Uh, Anything you want to add to our trip there, Beach? I got nothing. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Great time. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if we're going to be going to any more away games this year. Maybe Washington up in Seattle. But I figured that one we can kind of take on a week of basis. Yeah. See how things are going. All right, Beach. Now it's time for your segment, the Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Horrors. She's just a girl. She's a ball. She's a ball. Okay, this one's a quickie because this is going long anyway. Um, so this one, this is from... Uh, Lindsay Cross, and it's 10 of the world's most famous cheats. And this one's a little shocking, not even a sports-related one. This famous cheat is the Atlanta public school system. Okay. A school system that was being bragged about all over the country for turning around its programs and producing results for disadvantaged children was found to be engaged in one of the largest cheating scandals to ever hit public education. The Atlanta school system didn't just have a few bad apples. It had a cheating epidemic and a co- and the cover-up to prove it. 178 teachers and administrators were implicated in the charge. The case of Atlanta teachers teaching the test has been seen as a shining example that our education system is in desperate need of comprehensive reform. So they literally were cheating. The, the teachers were promoting cheating to the students huh. in order to... Uh, probably improve their uh their uh, income as well as their uh you know their their uh performance recommend you know uh criteria so you're not teaching to educate you're teaching to win yeah pretty much yeah i think this was i can't remember how many years ago this was it doesn't give the date on this little piece that i found but i think about 10 years ago wasn't it something like that yeah yeah it was kind of a mess so I can't imagine 178 teachers, you know, and you just know somebody's going to break sooner or later. Mm-hmm. You can't keep that kind of a secret. So anyway, so there you go. There you go. Atlanta Public Schools. Uh, cheaters and whores. Yep. Hi, Beach. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 76 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, a few ways to get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, or follow me on Twitter, HeinrichTailgator. Um, I'm trying to get us set back up, so we will be back in the iTunes directory, and I will try to get us added to the Google Play Store. Hi, Beach. Next week, show number 77. We'll recap week two, we'll preview week three, and we will talk the first Home tailgater of the season, Idaho State. Sweet. All right, so if you don't have anything else to add, I'll add a great big Go Beavs.
Okay, now, are we recording? We're recording. Are you sure? Because, you know, you screwed this crap up before. Yeah. I, I What I do is I open the folder. What song should I play? What's my song, damn it? I don't know. You need to come up with something soon. Do you have... Drunk in the, Drunk in the Morning. By who? She Hates Me. Drunk in the Morning by uh, Kid Rock. Oh. Well, my got... whole life is going to hell. You ready to rock and roll this? Let's freaking do this shiz. <clears throat> I'm going to take a slurp of Diet Dr. Pepper here. All right. You know, people are just ignorant to what the hell's going on in this world. We're so screwed. We're, by, we're, we're led by a bunch of self-serving sons of bitches. That's all it is. Pretty much. Absolutely. You know, I was telling a customer this today. I said, you know what I love about the free market system? What? Because you, in order for you to do what is in your best interest, you must serve somebody first. Mm-hmm. You must do a good, create something or provide a service before you yourself are given a reward. True. And that is absolutely the opposite of government where our leaders do what's in their best interest and the public be damned. Boy, heard <clears throat> Suzanne Bonamici, she's going to go fight for the EpiPen. If you'd go after the FDA for restricting access for competitors from coming to the marketplace, you wouldn't have a goddamn monopoly. Mm-hmm. Until yeah. somebody, you know. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and then the, then they wreck monopolies that did exist for one reason or another. And, you know, even the Rockefellers, for all the evil monopoly stuff that he did, you know what? He provided a product and a service at a very low price. Mm-hmm. He he really didn't take his leverage to the extent that he could have, because he. I mean, ultimately, you have to make things affordable. You know, that's the other thing that people don't realize. You know, they bitch and complain about the cost of gas. Oh my God! You know, the cost of gas, and they're going to drive us out. So, what happens if they do that? We make maneuvers, which ultimately reduces our dependence on oil and gas. Mm-hmm. You choose to carpool. You choose to ride a bike. You, you choose to make one trip instead of multiple trips. You go on you those rest- trips. Yeah. Exactly. And ultimately, what does that do? It starves the, the, the person with the monopoly, and it forces them to make adjustments because ultimately, if their volume of sales goes down, they're going to have to adjust in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you, the market has the control to push them back in line. Mm-hmm. Nobody really has a captive on anything. You know? Mm-hmm. There's always alternatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless the government prevents alternatives from being brought to the marketplace. Exactly. I mean, healthcare is the only one thing that, that really might be different simply because when you need it, you need it. But again, free market competition allows alternatives to be created to, to create incentives for other people to create alternatives. Mm-hmm. You know, well, we can do it better. Well, we can do it cheaper. Well, we can, you know, we can do it both. Yeah. Except when you're forced to buy health care from a government monopoly that equalizes prices out and doesn't allow any competition. Exactly. <laughs> Sit here and scratch my head. I just don't get it. And and these people just continue to drink the Kool-Aid thinking it's the best for them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. Sorry about my tirade. Let's let's get on to the business at hand. Let's do this podcast that is going to be the best podcast to date. The best podcast we record today. That's damn right. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> 